episode 1069 and it's the relevant podcast here in orlando i'm your host cameron strang and joining me from loverland virginia it's jesse carey hello hello from austin texas author speaker podcaster jamie ivy hey guys and derek is out this week once again last week he was out changing the world in dc this week i think he just slept in i don't know i don't know what he's doing this week but <laughs> in his stead we are happy to welcome our very own downtown emily brown hey y'all do we determine if, if it, is it Midtown or Uptown? Because I thought it, I thought it was. I midtown. think we're going this small town, Emily reason. Brown. Yeah. I think it's small town, Emily I, Brown. No, I heard Midtown, but I live in a big town now. It's not big. <laughs> it's a mid. It's a it's a mid Midtown. Big. What if it's just town, Emily Brown? Like she lives in town. <laughs> like, I, I don't know if it in rolls town, to Emily Brown. I like downtown. In town, we're getting we're getting warmer. Yeah. All right, well, we have a great show in store for you. Uh, despite this start, we have a great show coming up. Uh, Boy and Bear joins us. You want to check that out. They have a brand new album coming out. Uh, it's a great conversation. You're going to love their music. Don't miss that. Uh, we also have your feedback at the end of the show and Relevant Buzz coming up next. But hey, before we get to Relevant Buzz, I have a, I have a question that I'd like to throw around the table, if that's if that's appropriate. We, I think here. we decided let's on go. downtown. I think we decided on downtown. Oh, okay. Then let's go to Relevant Buzz. Okay. That's <laughs> I still wasn't clear. I have a little note here that I just need to update. No. Have you guys ridden limes lately? The lime, Like lime scooters? Oh, I thought you oh. meant... <laughs> I thought you meant the green lime. I was like, fruit is coming in here in Florida. I, my mango tree is blooming. I thought you were talking about limes, and I didn't know like if there when was I a say thing that you ride do. the lime. Is that like yeah. chugging a Corona? Is that in your mind? Like, hey man, ride the lime. That <laughs> <laughs> should be. What'd you do on Sunday, man? After church, I just rode the lime. Sunday fun day, man. Hung out the by the pool. Sunday fun day. Is riding the lime? Yeah, that's like ordering <laughs> margarita. Uh, no, I'm talking about the lime scooters. You. Uh, I did last year. <laughs> yes, I have some time in Austin. Some I've never, I've never done that. You never have? No, oh, I like the dude, bikes. They, I don't know what do you, what do you do. You got to get a credit card out and stuff. I don't even. You know. need like an, it's app. an app. It's an app. Yeah, it's an app. See, it's a whole thing. It's a whole thing. It's a whole know. thing one time. It, it, and and that is the, the whole thing is going to the app store, putting your thumb on it, <laughs> downloading it, and then just scanning the scooter, and then you ride away. And but. But yeah. I noticed, like, because I, I was a big fan, like, I love when limes came to my town, you know, and and I feel like everyone. Are we talking about phase. margaritas or are we talking about scooters? Yeah, yeah because I'm, back when you on say, the, I'm back on the margaritas. Uh, they just okay, came here. Got it. They, yeah. they, they, they <laughs> we just discovered them. And, and that's why everyone here is But drinking like, margaritas while riding the scooter can be harmful to your health. That's, that's no. That's, that's called no, riding the lime. That, that's what riding the lime is. <laughs> <laughs> then, you, then if you're not careful, you're going to have to walk the line. And then uh, you're going to be all kinds of trouble. No yeah. one wants the Dewey on the lime scooter. Anyway, the lime scooter thing. I was riding one last weekend. I have. I went to a. I went to something downtown, Emily. Um, it was in town. Yeah, I went. I went to something uh, downtown. It was downtown Norfolk, which Cameron, you've been to before. Mm -hmm. um, uh, you know, it, and it, it, walking block to blocks, you kind of got to go between buildings. Had to get to a parking garage or whatever. Did you know they're putting dead zones in downtowns where the the lime scooter deactivates on on certain blocks because they're too heavily lime scootered? So I'm riding 
I'm, I'm trying to rush to get my car and my Lime just dies, right? You, you know, oh. and I'm like, what the heck? So I pull out my app. I'm like, did my Lime just run out of battery? Did, did my Lime, am I out of Lime juice here? I pull up my, my battery and it shows I'm in a dead zone and they have dead zones all around the city. And I noticed like, oh, why are there limes all stacked up on this one sidewalk? It's because of the border of the dead zone. So you have to kind of cruise around to be able to get to point A, point B, because the city is conspiring with lime to lock these things down. That takes the whole purpose away from Lyman. Lyman is about total freedom. It's about total freedom. I want to jump it. I want to go off road. Again, I don't know what you're talking about. I, again, I'm, I'm not sure which one you're talking about. We're talking about total freedom Lyman. I'm talking right. about margaritas right now. I Did I switch back to margaritas? <laughs> margarita just falls out of your hands. Did you know there's zones of downtown where you're not allowed to drink? Yeah. You're not allowed to drink while we're downtown. No, that defeats the whole purpose. And you guys know my libertarian leanings. I don't think the government should be able to tap into a Lyme services satellites and dictate where it can't go. Is is this just seem way wrong to you guys? It was like the whole point of getting the line was to get to the parking garage. Now I got to park and walk. It does seem ridiculous. Like I can see where you're coming from for sure, Jesse. Yeah, I get why they would want to do that because, and I can attest to myself. Sometimes those lime scooters can get pretty quick speed, and I mean, there's accidents waiting to happen there. Like if you're not careful, so I get why they want to like maybe somewhat police it, but just for the It's ridiculous that you have to like be that aware of like, okay, once I get to this street, I either have to turn or it's just going to like, that's a lot of thinking when I'm on the Lime scooter. I'm just, I don't, I'm trying not to have too many thoughts. Maybe that's just 119 people between 2017 and 21 died riding (gasps) electric scooters. Died. Not that's just why they have dead zones. That's, a, that's it's, a high. That's why they have dead zones. It's 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 out of respect because that's where one of the deaths happened, and so no, you can't. No, Cameron. Yeah, that is that's, not why true. that's why they call them dead zones. That's why they call them dead zones. This conversation took took a dark turn. I cannot be a part of this. I feel like lime scooters were the were the last bastion of freedom uh, on our roads. Because you could literally do it because even cops would see you weaving in and out of like automobile traffic and be like, I don't even know what law I'm enforcing here. Like, you know, <laughs> if you're on a bike, if you're on a bike or on foot, they, there's jaywalking, there's bicycle laws. Even the cops are like, man, I don't know what's going on with these lives. I mean, it's kind of a gray zone. I'm just, it just it just bums me out that, you know, we it was an area where it was just anarchy, just anarchy in the streets. And I loved it. And now they're tamping back on it. it. To me, that takes the whole fun out. I want to be able to go. I want to be able to, like I said, jump it. I want to do sweet skids on it. I want to go wherever I want to go on it. I I've, I one time was going to the airport really early in the morning somewhere. There was someone going up the interstate on-ramp on a Lime scooter. And I was like, you know. Oh, my gosh. That is that's how about to be a dead zone. Died. Yeah, exactly. This is a great <laughs> that's country. Crazy. This is a great, great country. <laughs> that- well, you know, you're tapping into the conspiracy theory about electric vehicles and stuff too. That the government will be able to control you in your car, and you know, tell you oh, to make your car go to certain places. Or is it a conspiracy theory if it's true? Or yeah. if you're like a criminal or have a warrant out, the government can make it drive you to the police station <gasps> and stuff. You know, wow! I mean, it's like they get, brilliant and terrible all at the same time. If they time. can do it to limes, they can do it to the rest exactly. of us. I mean, this is this is the canary in the coal mine. Um, so <laughs> it's coming. Big Brother's watching. And pay your respects if you ever come up to a dead zone. Just leave some flowers or something. Oh my gosh. 
and uh, memoriam. I can see Jamie just sweating the longer this conversation pour, goes. Pour a sip out of your margarita. Pour, pour <laughs> some of your margarita out. All right. Moving the show along. Stay tuned up next. It's Relevant Buzz. Listening to J.W. Francis, the song is Going Home to a Party. Season four of The Chosen is in theaters now, and the reviews that count are in. Amazing. Did not disappoint. Flurry of emotions. It was powerful, heartbreaking, uplifting. You have got to come and see it. It is a message for everybody. I highly recommend that you come out and see The Chosen season four. Episodes one through three of The Chosen season four are in theaters till February 14th. So visit thechosenriseup.com and get your tickets now. That's thechosenriseup.com for tickets today. Okay, it's time for Relevant Buzz. All right, Emily, tell us what's happening at the intersection of faith and culture this week. Um, There is a really interesting study that came out about YouTube. Um, Apparently, if you watch too much of it, you'll be depressed. Oh, wow. Oh, Okay. I wait, think wait, you can fill in the blank with anything. If you are on your phone too much, <laughs> if you're on a lime scooter too much, yeah, yeah. yeah. If you ride the lime a little too far, <laughs> yeah. So there's a study that came out um, that found that people who spend more than two hours a day on YouTube were likely to report feeling more alone, more anxious, more depressed, um, and this really the longer you spend on it, the more uh, you feel these negative experience or negative feelings. Um, and this is really interesting because yeah, but this, the large- is a, is, this is a chicken egg thing to me. It's like if you're depressed, you're more likely to isolate yourself and spend multiple hours a day on YouTube. Or is it because you spend multiple hours a day on YouTube, you're depressed? I mean, well, and it's the other thing. Is it about the content or just about consumption? I think it's you the isolation because like, you yeah. can have your TV on for four hours, but the family's milling around or you could watch it with other yeah. people. I think it's the solo screen time isolation aspect of it. Probably. Right. Yeah. And that's what it is. It's more of the isolating factor because no one really puts on like YouTube with a big group of people. Let's let's watch some YouTube right now. You know, like you'll put on a movie with friends, but right. YouTube, you're probably just watching yeah. that by yourself in your room or something like that. So it is just like already by nature, sort of an isolating thing. But um, I think Cameron, to your point, it sort of does go both ways where, um, you know, the longer you spend it, obviously the more you feel that way. But um, from the study, it doesn't depend on the content. Like it's, even if you're watching like happy videos, you're still just by yourself. And eventually what happens is you, maybe you get into these videos and you just start seeing the way that other people are living and you start comparing yourself to them. If you're watching like influencer videos. So there's just, there's a lot of different factors there, but what was just really interesting is the largest demographic that watches YouTube is people between the ages of 18 to 35. Um, and so these people are spending so our audience, <laughs> our audience. Right. And yeah. so, you know, people, 
um, are not going out and meeting with friends and making experiences. They're staying home alone, watching YouTube videos, watching other people have lives and live experiences. I was going to say when you brought the study up, I was like, it makes me think of, you know, I have a son who's in that age bracket and that it could come from like. He's 35 years old, everybody. He's 35 (laughs) years old. my oldest. COVID did a number on all of us for sure. But if you think about that demographic as well, like they were just coming out of high school, uh, some of them in in the younger age of that, just coming out of college. And so it just shut down their lives for so long that for people who were already in the workforce, I feel like it shut down our lives for sure. But then we went back into work and we went back and and we had to do work different ways. But these kids that were in high school and university, I feel like it just put them into their rooms in this like isolation. And so YouTube became like the thing that they spent so much time doing. And maybe not they were depressed before, but all that isolation with COVID and then spending all that time on YouTube. And then it just led to more feelings of depression than before. This study does not surprise me in the least bit. But see, I I, I literally think of this study because of everything you just said, like uh, this it, this younger portion of this generation is like, had, has gone through a lot and the, yeah. the isolation stuff. And it seems like the mental health impacts are just now coming to light. So it's mm-hmm. almost like you could look at anything that they do that demographic does. And you could yeah. say that thing causes depression because they're depressed. Mm-hmm. Oh, TikTok causes depression. YouTube causes depression. Well, yeah. I, I was going to say, is it just like the in- internet at large? You know That's what, what I would like, say, Jesse. Yeah. And, and it happens mm-hmm. to be the portal yeah. that they, because like, I don't spend a whole lot of time on, on YouTube. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, I'm as much, listen, I watch, Lime accident bloopers as much as the next person. <laughs> um, <laughs> but see, uh, I would have thought you're a big but, YouTuber because of all the conspiracies, not political conspiracies, but like your yeah, Bigfoot type conspiracy. Yeah, yeah. The, the fun ones. The, 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 the uh, harmless ones. Listen, I'm not saying I don't watch that. I'm just saying at, at, compared to the spectrum of media consumption, it, it is yeah. part of my life. But like, you know, I'm more depressed, like doom scrolling Twitter on the average morning than I am on, you know, YouTube. But I do, to Jamie's point, like, I think it's one of those things where any of these major platforms are run by algorithms that feed us what it thinks we want to see um, in the moment. And like you were saying earlier, Cameron, if you're coming in or, or you know, to your point earlier, Emily, like if, you know, these are isolated experiences. And oftentimes when people feel isolated, you know, they want to see things um, that might feed their mood. And if they're alone, that mood is loneliness. And, mm-hmm. and the algorithm, whether intentionally or unintentionally, is going to serve you content that is going to keep you on the platform. And if what keeps you on the platform is something that, you know, speaks to how you're feeling at the moment, well, if you're feeling depressed in the moment, it's probably going to make you feel more that way. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. it's sort of like the old Marshall McLuhan uh, uh, idea that the medium is the message that it, anything long enough, the content of the content of the, uh, and this is pre-internet, right? Like, but the content of whatever the thing is, so the billboard or the magazine ad or 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 what or the TV commercial, eventually the message becomes irrelevant, and the medium is like it's just. I'm seeing consumption via billboards on my drive to work. That becomes the message that I receive. It's just mm-hmm. that I need to consume. I, I feel like this is the same way. These algorithms feed the mood more than necessarily the content they're serving does, you know? Mm. Interesting. All right. What else do you have, Emily? Um, well, we've reported on this before, but uh, church attendance has 
been on the decline for the last few years, but there was a really shocking report from Lifeway Research, which found that in 2022, the Southern Baptist Convention specifically lost half a million members. What'd you do, Jamie? (laughs) (laughs) Well, well, well. Well. (laughs) It's come full circle. Now's the time. Tell all. <laughs> no, r- real talk. I feel like you're probably the, the most sort of the closest to this. To, that that <laughs> yeah, in one year, and this isn't from like 2015. This is last, last year. year. Half a million people. And this isn't like a non-denom church for people just kind of like, oh, I haven't been going in a while. This is I unenrolled. I I exited and divorced the denomination. Yeah. You know, like, that's crazy. I, Half a million I think people. A couple of things come to mind. Uh, first of all, like this is a not in defense at all, but one thing we have to remember is the SBC is the largest denomination in right. North and America. And it still is and the so largest denomination. The largest denomination. By far. And you lose that many members, it's still a lot, so it's a lot. So percentage-wise. But I also think in the last couple of years, we've seen a lot of churches, like, take like I don't know what the word is, like, not be Southern Baptist anymore. We've seen public pastors say, our church is no longer going to be affiliated with Southern Baptist uh, Convention. We've oh, like, seen two like Rick Warren's church and stuff. I mean, like, yeah, some big churches. or like John O, like John, John O, his church pulled out of the SBC. Um, and then so there's like 40,000 people right there between those two yeah, churches. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And so then yeah, we've yeah. seen two pr- prominent leaders of SBC say, hey, we are no longer going to be SBC leaders. Dr. Russell Moore and Beth Moore both left. And so I think that that has probably caused a lot. You've reported, we have reported on this a lot. We all know this. SBC has been through a lot of scandals, horrible things in the last couple of years. Um, and so I think you're just seeing and, kind and of for the, the people who don't it. know that a lot of cover-ups of sexual abuse and stuff like that has a been lot. coming to light. Yep. Yeah. 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 And so um, I think you've just seen prominent leaders say, hey, we're out. And with that comes congregations. And with that comes people also going, hey, if they can do it, so can I. Jamie, I think you bring up a good point because it's not that these members are completely leaving the church, like the big C global church altogether. It is just that they're no longer Baptist, which because I think when I first heard this, my initial thought was, oh, my gosh, like half a million people are no longer in the church. But that's like your point. It's not that they're not in the church. They're just not in this denomination or convention. Um, And I think that is important to remember is that it's not necessarily like the overall Christian number is decreasing. It's just things are changing and things are shifting. And they've always done that. Like for centuries, they've done that. Well, um, the overall Christian number is decreasing. It's just not this study. It is. But, it is. I mean, it's just not that. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Uh, yeah. And I, But I think yeah. that's important but, to remember that that number does not represent how many people have left the church, just who have shifted. They're just leaving from, the Baptist church. Yeah. 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 And and it's and I think we're going to see the same thing, you know, eventually in other areas too, where there hasn't been as much of an effort to court younger. And I don't think this necess- and I'm not trying to call out the SBC here, but obviously I think the, you know, the scandals and the way they address them is a huge contributing factor. But I also think, I mean, we're going to see this in politics. We're going to see it in different like legacy businesses that, you know, that kind of get complacent with mm-hmm. how they're attracting you know, new members to, or in in a business case, new customers or in, you know, politics, new activists, right? Like if they're, it only takes a couple of years for a fresh half a generation of people to be the majority and who used to be your majority are now the minority. Mm-hmm. And like, if, if, if people kind of don't make an effort, whether it's in ministry or in some of these other areas to, 
appeal to those kind of younger demographics, it's not going to take long for the tide to turn. And again, I'm not saying that's that's the only reason, but I think I, I don't think these kind of big shifts are are going to be isolated only to denominations. The tide is turning. Ride the lime. It's a whole new thing, a whole new marketing campaign for the Baptists. The tide is turning. Let's ride the lime. And then they have you margarita You should clarify after. for the Southern Baptists, because there's probably Baptists listening that are like, I'm Baptist, but I'm not a Southern Baptist. Yeah. 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 I'm, I'm yeah. real Baptist. I'm fundamental Baptist. I'm Bob Jones Baptist. I'm, <laughs> I'm not Southern like, Baptist. Like, y'all are all going I'm, to hell Baptist. You know what I'm saying? Like, I wish each of the cardinal directions had their own Baptist. Like, I'm more of a, a Northeast Baptist. Than, you know. <laughs> All right. Anything else? Uh, yeah. The last thing I want to end on a fun note. Uh, there's a video that recently. Wait, that wasn't fun. That was so I, fun, right? <laughs> I'm going to take credit for this. What you're about to hear. I sent this video to Emily to help her. I just said, I found this on the Internet. I thought you could use some tips. And so here we go for just you. And I was just mm-hmm. personal help. And then yeah, she so, said, hey, we should publish this and put this on the podcast so we can mm-hmm. help others as well. Thank you, Cameron, for caring. That's what she said to me. Yeah, so. that, wow. that's like an interesting paraphrase of the conversation that we had. But, <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, I think there were some creative liberties taken in that. But anywho, um, this is a video from the 1980s uh, when I was like negative 10 um, about just some good old Christian fun dating tips. Uh, it's... It's aged perfectly. I uh, wouldn't this change is, a single thing about this it. This is a literal, <laughs> a literal video <laughs> from wait. the 1980s of Christian teenagers telling other Christian teenagers good, wholesome Christian dating ideas that they can do on the weekend. Roll the clip. Sometimes when us teenagers are dating, we feel like we're locked in and there's not too many things to do out there. Well, actually, Christ gives us a lot of fun things to do. And today we'll show you a few of the things that we thought of to do. And it really breaks the monotony of dating. So just come with us. Bow, chicken, bow, bow. Rolling. Yeah. Last time, I got a 300. How about you? I got a 67. Great. Let's go. Okay. Now, here's something you probably never thought of, and it's always around. Yeah, you'll get a real roar out of it. It's the zoo. Hey, let's go talk to the animals. Get a real roar out of it. I've never been ice skiing before, but I heard it was pretty cool, so I decided to take my girlfriend on a date here. And the funny thing is, we can even go ice skiing in Arizona. Let's go. Dates don't have to be limited to a couple. Go on a group and things get wild and A group crazy. date? Hang out with friends. Going to a movie is a very common everyday thing to do. But going on a date to see one can be real fun. They're very entertaining and they're really not that much. Hey, let's go see that movie, right? Okay, let's go. Now here's a challenging idea. Horseback riding. It's outdoors, nice weather. It's really a nice idea. Personally, I think it stinks. No, I'm just joking, Darren. You can have a great time. Okay, let's go check out this horse over here. Here's a new twist. How about just an intimate candlelight dinner? Just you and your girl. Even if it is frozen. Oh, come on. It's not frozen. I spent all day on this. Sure. Okay. So these these poor Christian teenagers (laughs) didn't realize that you could go to the movies or bowling or hang out with other friends. Or the zoo. It's a real roar, I hear. Um, To to me, the most notable is my dude at the beginning casually dropping that he got a 300 last week. Right? There are bowlers who bowl their whole life. (laughs) And never even oh, yeah. stiff at 300. Humble brag. This guy went out on a, on a date last weekend. Said, yeah, you got a 67? Oh, cool. I got a 300. Perfect game. <laughs> Only a handful of people have ever done it. So 
So the thing that you didn't see, because we just played the audio clip here, but we posted the video on the website. So go check it out. But what you didn't see, and Emily, we haven't talked about this, is every guy is different. Okay. Like it's a different couple situation. But the same girl appears with like four of the guys. Like Ooh. she's the date. And in one of them, the guy says, I brought my girlfriend to the movie. So she's the girlfriend of this guy. But she also went bowling with the first guy. And she went ice skating she's with the other the guy. This girl, that's what I'm saying. But she's got a girlfriend label with the one dude. I have a real issue Ooh. with this. I've thought a lot about it. Anyway. She's Listen, scandalous. Is all the eighties Christian dating scene? <laughs> it seems pretty. She got wild. free bowling out of it. She got a free movie Feminism out of it. Feminism at its best, you yeah. know. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> it was clearly a youth group skit, and they had more guys volunteer for it than the girls, and they had to reuse the same girl. A My bunch of favorite. Times. I don't know if you're going to clean this up and post, so this may not make sense. But the little sound behind it, it took me back to high school when they would reel in that. Um, that projector thing. And remember it would play the <laughs> yeah. projector and then when it would finish, it would just start flapping around everywhere. Emily, you don't know this, but did the, you go to school in I the 1940s? Y'all, you had those at your school too. It was, I remember it like it was yesterday. <laughs> Citizen Kane was debuting in cinemas. <laughs> across I'm the being serious. You had this at your school in elementary school for sure. Yeah. Yes, film? you did. Real to real yes! film projectors. Yeah, yeah I, I know. I'm just I'm messing gonna, with you. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, there you go. That's it. Christian dating tips. We'll post the whole video over at relevantmagazine.com. Make sure to check it out every weekday for the latest at the intersection of faith and culture and wholesome dating tips. And if you happen to be a girl that likes to date a lot of men, you should watch this video. <laughs> Tell There's us if any of the tips work, because I'd love to know. You've never been to a, the movies? The tips are like... <laughs> Bowling, the zoo. This is literally what we do on summer vacation with your mom. Like, you know, I mean, they're great date ideas, guys. But I mean, come on. We're not. This isn't breaking ground here. This is breaking news. I think for some people it might be. Can I be honest? Most of those ideas, maybe aside from the zoo, you could switch out aquarium. It's you're on vacation at a beach for town and it's a rainy day. Exactly. And it's like, want to go to the movies? Want to go bowling? Want to get some pizza? I mean, that's all you're doing. Yep, you, I love you it. sit in the hotel all day, you know? I like to they say video. you can go ice skating even in Arizona. Right. Why is that such a an obscure idea? But uh, Probably the church was based in Arizona that yeah. made it back in the 80s, but... That's my assumption. But yeah, uh, I like that the whole problem they were trying to solve is that Christian teenagers who are dating are just stuck indoors with nothing to do. And so here's some ideas to leave the house. It's like, what? This... Anyway. All right. Moving on. Stay tuned. Up next, Boy and Bear join us. Listening to Lauren Daigle. It's her new single, These Are the Days. It's a very upbeat album. If you haven't heard it, check it out. Well, Relevant has a lot happening this year, and we don't want you to miss a thing. Make sure to sign up for our newsletter right there on the front page at relevantmagazine.com, and we'll send you our top five trending stories sent to your inbox every weekday. We'll also send you a weekly 
uh, podcast newsletter with the latest episodes, some uh, fan extras, and first peeks at the new shows that we're going to be rolling out throughout this year. Make sure to sign up. It's the best way to keep in touch with everything we got going on. Well, our guest today is Boy and Bear. They're a Australian indie folk band who are releasing their brand new self-titled album. We sat down with guitarist Dave Symes to hear about the band's new music, how the album came together, and where they hope to go next. Here's our conversation with Boy and Bear. I'd love to know where did the inspiration for this new album come from? I guess the inspiration came from from like I think a lot of lot of musicians when COVID hit. Like I think you know we were fortunate that um, we kind of got got inspired again quite quickly. You know, like to to write music, and I guess we had you know we had to cancel a whole lot of touring, and that was kind of you know a little bit. Of a setback, and that was kind of negative. But then um, it didn't take us long. It took us a, a, a month or so. You know, once once the pandemic hit, that we started just sort of throwing ideas around again, and and we started to sort of gather momentum for making new music, and we we got hungry again, and excited for it. Um, so that was kind of a you know a, a, a good thing to have happened during something like that because there wasn't much else that you could do. <laughs> um, so it was kind of great. And but in terms of uh, in, inspiration musically. I feel like um, it was really just that the the hunger to, to make some new songs. We had a few a few ideas of people in the band that we, we all started to go, oh, there's something in that, and and it just gave us energy to kind of okay, let's get together and and, and turn this into a song. And then after after you get a bunch of songs, then we all of a sudden we thought, shit, we're actually making a whole record here, you know. Um, so yeah, it just came from sort of come from being. Being told you can't go and play play live music anymore, <laughs> you know, it's like, oh, okay, well, no one said we can't make any new music, so let's go and do that. Strange what desire will make foolish people do. I never dreamed that. What things in your life do you like pull inspiration from, like? Um, are there or what are like maybe some certain songs like what are what were they inspired by or the things that you were thinking through? Yeah, um, I think often you know our music as a band it has has multiple forms in some in in, in how that works in some ways. Um, I think there's like. I mean, we're inspired by other other music that we listen to. Definitely, I think um, you know, like obviously, you listen to to different bands. Um, you know, I just recently got to see um, Beck play here in Sydney. He just did like a solo tour where he was just playing acoustic guitar and singing, which was really and it was amazing. And then, you know, some, sometimes like he just put out a new song himself like four months ago or something. And it's a real stripped back kind of more of an acoustic track. And, you know, that kind of definitely inspired me. And then his, the sound of his music inspires the whole band. I think we really gravitate to a few of his records. Um, the new National album's just come out. I've been listening to that a lot. That, that's a band that the that Boy and Bear has been inspired by. Like that's, I guess, you know, some ways um we feel like 
we kind of have a similar vision to them in terms of like you know the longevity of a band and the amount of records that they make and the amount of records we want to make like we've got you know we're we're behind them like some you know they're 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 ahead of us in in where they're at in their career but you know it's, bands like that are inspiring for us because we sort of um love the music that they, they create we like the journeys they go on musically and we like that they're kind of still doing it and 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 it's sort of it's ageless you know in what they do um, I think lyrically, you know, the the inspiration. I think if I quote Hosko, Dave Hosking, our singer, like he has a fascination with like the fragility of our own minds, but um, also what the mind is capable of, you know. Um, and I think what he sort of writes about lyrically on this record, there's um, there are songs of struggle, but there's songs of love as well there's love songs and there's a lot of songs about celebration um so yeah you're hiding from me now are there any songs in particular that you're really excited for your fans to hear well we just put out a, a song last week like a, it's not a, like a it's called silver moon uh, I think it's a great, it's a really great, great little track. Um, there's another track on the record um, I really dig called Muscle. Uh, and there's one called Magnus as well, which I think is yeah, really cool. I mean, I'm really proud of the whole record. I think um, I'm hoping people sort of enjoy the whole listen. Like, you know, you make these albums so people can, can listen to the whole journey. But yeah. There's some there's, there's there's a bit of diversity in there, but there's there's also I think a, a list like a, a thread that goes throughout the record that that, that that helps create like an overall listening experience. What's next for you guys? Like, where do you want to be in five, ten years? We're just obviously about to put out this record, and we're gonna, we're gonna, we're starting with some shows in Australia, and and then hopefully we get to bring the bring the band back to Europe and back to back to America, North America, um, and tour. So yeah, the vision for us is to sort of like we have a, a hunger to keep making records and a hunger to perform. Like we we have. You know our our, our, our our shoes in both camps, um, with, with as in terms of our enthusiasm for for what we do. I think we just love the whole journey. Um, it's great getting out on the road and touring, and then it's, oh, it's exciting to get back into that zone of writing and recording and finding that balance. But yeah, the next five to ten years, I feel like all things going well really we, we we hope to be doing this for a really long time you know it's kind of what we do um i don't know what we would do <laughs> if we didn't do it um so but you know having said that too it's it's hard it's hard to <clears throat> keep making music and and have people come and see you play so you know also feeling very fortunate that, that we're about to do that again but hopefully we just you know keep Get, get to keep doing that um, and, and people still enjoy what we do but yeah we're definitely our, our, our vision is to sort of be a, a, a band you know have a band that has longevity and has a, has a long term career and um, yeah we'll still be doing it hopefully when we're <laughs> when we're a bit older and a bit greyer and hopefully people don't mind <laughs>
That was Boy and Bear. Make sure to check out their new self-titled album. It's out this week. It's great. All right, stay tuned up next. It's your feedback. You're listening to Beach Fossils. The song is Run to the Moon. Today's show is brought to you in part by The Chosen. Season four of The Chosen is coming to theaters nationwide on February 1st, and this season has everything. Clashing kingdoms, rival rulers, and when they're threatened by the reality of Jesus's growing influence, religious leaders do the unthinkable, choose to ally themselves with the Romans. As the seeds of betrayal are planted in opposition to Jesus's message turns violent, He's left with no alternative but to demand his followers rise up. So get ready, Relevant Podcast listeners. February 1st is the big release day. Go get your tickets now at thechosenriseup.com. All right, it's time for your feedback. Oh boy, we hit the we we hit the jackpot on this one. So last week, for some reason, we got talking about Old Bay seasoning. And it's this thing that the crab district likes you know basically virginia beach up to baltimore they like crab, the, country. All, any, crab country loves their old bay seasoning and they think that everybody has heard of old bay seasoning i learned this when visiting crab country last year i had never heard of old bay and i looked i was looked at like i was some country bumpkin moron who wasn't suave enough to understand the chic seasoning that the sophisticates in crab country love and adore and they were completely unaware that it wasn't a big deal elsewhere in the country. Just saying. Anyway. Well, I, I don't think anyone would uh, accuse Old Bay users of being particularly chic. Uh, like I said, they're mostly, they're mostly crab people uh, who hang out by, uh, you know, marinas and moors and things like that and, and large raincoats. Um, so, well, it's not a class got, thing. That's all we I'm got. Saying. We got talking about Old Bay and how it's regionally beloved. Well, and so the question this week is we asked you, what are some other things from your area or region that you guys love? That's not a national thing. Well, Old Bay got offended because to imply that Old Bay wasn't beloved coast to coast, the official Old Bay seasoning account hit us up on Twitter and came after us to correct the narrative. So we apologize to Old Bay for misconstruing how <laughs> beloved you are across the country by millions of fans. Did you see that? I, I went on their Twitter feed and they are, last week, they had a promo. This is how it's committed. This is how, this is what, what the kind of love Old Bay has out, out in the wild, okay, across our fine country. They were giving away free Old Bay tattoos and there was a line down a block of people willing to get Old Bay tattoos for free. Did you see that post, Emily? And you were one of them. Oh, yeah. I have a, you don't see my neck. <laughs> That's crazy. That's crazy. I feel like you would get it on your heart or like on your chest piece. Or on something your like tongue, like Emily. Bay. You'd got to get it. Well, 
full back piece. Right. Imagine if you were dating somebody and like they, they opened their mouth and you're like, what's that on your tongue? And it was an old bay tattoo, like on their tongue. Like that's how they were. Can you even tattoo your tongue? You're talking to a no, person with no tattoos. Not. I know you can tattoo your lip. I know you can under your lip. You can get a lip. You can get a lip. Thing. All right. Anyway, you hit us up on Twitter at Relevant Podcasts and told us some of the regional delicacies that your area is particularly proud of. Uh, here's some of our favorites. There was a tremendous amount of people that weighed in on this. There um, are. They said, in Winnipeg, we invented basically the best chicken finger dipping sauce, honey dill. I got I to gotta be honest. Honey and dill are two words that do not sound like they should go together and do not sound like they should be anywhere near chicken tender. But when and when a pig, I guess. It's like a pickle, baby. Like it's got like a, a honey pickle flavor, which pickle and chicken goes good together. What's a pickle baby? What did you just say pickle baby for? What is that? I didn't say pickle baby. I, pickle. I thought that's what you said. You did say pickle baby. You said it's a pickle baby. I'm like, is that a thing? It's a pickle baby. Oh, oh, maybe, oh, 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 maybe, oh. maybe, baby. <laughs> Call me maybe, baby. Call gotcha. me baby, baby. Gotcha. I was scanning this whole list because there's a lot of feedback here and I was looking for anybody from Texas because I wasn't here from the conversation. And Ray comes in and you know what? I'm going to give Ray, see, he was kind on the first one. He said in San Antonio, South Texas, Selena. That's true. Mm-hmm. Selena. Don't make fun of Selena. Don't say anything bad. You're going to get, you're going to get beat up. But mm-hmm. then Ray had to go on and say in San Antonio, breakfast tacos. He said, we do them best. It's Tex-Mex at its Tex-Mexiest. Anything South is more Mex than Tex and anything North is more Tex than Mex. He could have stopped right there. Ray, I would have been like, yeah, I love breakfast tacos in San Antonio. And then he had to say, and Austin wishes they could make a breakfast taco. Don't even start with Austin. Well, Ray, listen, I will start with Austin go. because we have some amazing breakfast tacos here and you need to come to Austin and I can take you to the places that we have the best one. I would have been okay if Ray would have said, don't even start with me, Dallas. Okay. Yeah. But don't throw Austin under the bus, Ray. Dallas is just mall food, right? Like da- Dallas has chain <laughs> restaurants and food courts. That's about it. Which, hey, which Dallas, don't be offended. There's nothing wrong with that. You know, I can get down on a good food court. You put me, you put me at a an active mall food court. I'm leaving full and very happy. Okay, I get I get dessert there too. You pop in a little Cinnabon. Get a little. When's the last time you got had a couple Cinnabon minis? The last time I was at a got, mall in 1997. Right after you got done with your reel to reel movie that you were watching. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's exactly right. Yep. I'll, uh, last year, I don't know if you guys watched Better Call Saul, but that one episode where Cinnabon, where where you know Jerry from Parks and Rec eats a Cinnabon, you know, throughout the episode, I'm not gonna lie, <laughs> I I went and got a Cinnabon that week, and I was like, <laughs> dude, I can walk to a Cinnabon from my office right now, and I might after this because they, you forget how good a Cinnabon is. Don't wait till the next time you're at the but airport. Isn't it like three thousand calories just for like the one snack? Hold on, let, I'm looking it up. Listen, I'm not going to Cinnabon thinking I'm being healthy and like cutting calories. That's true. Yeah. You know what you're getting into. Yeah. I'm yeah. expecting 3,000 Okay, calories. here we go. I'm looking it up. It is exactly. Yeah. Oh, it's better than I thought. I have the entire menu in front of me. Only The 2, Cinnabon 000? classic roll is 880 calories. <laughs> Easy. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. The Cinnapack caramel pecan bon is 1140 calories that's the highest calorie at on their menu yeah. so that's awesome well, here here's one from anna uh she said cookout has been in uh, my life for the last decades it's it's uh basically it for me love at first bite you guys have cookouts near you i don't think so i've never heard of that i don't think they're in texas but no. it is i'm going to send you guys a link if you guys want to click on that link i just sent in the chat cookout has the most overwhelming menu of wow. any fast food chain in it the country is. 
That you, is a you lot. Pull up, when you pull so up to cheap. a cookout and you look at that, it's so cheap. That menu. Oh yeah. yeah. You, you you can buy. It's like all right. Pick any of these eight items and pick four sides, and your total is going to be three dollars and fifty cents. And you're like, <laughs> how could this possibly be true? And that's that's their. It's like business. grocery wow. shopping at Trader a, Joe's. Like every time I check out, I'm like, how is it this cheap? I don't understand. And the checkout yeah. girl is like, I don't care to talk to you about this. Like she's. Yeah. I always and you take a bite of the quesadilla, <laughs> and you're like, oh, I kind of. <laughs> I had a I had a friend who told me that one time she was like low on money. She went to school in Georgia. She was low on money and she was like, I could either get groceries for the week or I could go get like three different meals from cookout and then just eat them up throughout the week. And that's what she did was she spent her grocery meal money on cookout and she got a lot of variety of fried food. Um, and she said she felt <sighs> horrible at the end of the week. And heart disease. She got heart disease and yep. high cholesterol. And she was yeah. also a soccer player. Oh. So she, I was like, that it can't be good for your diet. Yeah, but at, pro I athletes, no, I see no problem they, doing that. They eat fast food and terrible stuff because they're burning off so many calories. In fact, I'm still on the Cinnabon page, and that 880 <laughs> calories that you would eat, you have to walk, like aerobically walk for over four hours to burn off those calories. So that's the thing about the pro athletes. They can eat these high calorie snacks because they're in training and stuff. Well, you know? have you guys had a garbage plate in Rochester, New York? No. I have a lot of friends who are, or, were in that lived in the Rochester area and they swear by these. It's a big plate of like basically chili cheese fries with like gravy all over it. And it is, it is a monster. It, it's just all the grossest food at the diner and they just dump it on French fries and pour gravy on it. And it, and people in the Rochester just love it. It's, it's like a health food there. I mean, that's, that's <laughs> what they, that's just what they consume. I would eat that. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. yeah. Uh, a garbage plate has over 3,000 calories. Wow. Checks out. Checks Rochester's out. garbage plate inside the famous 3,000 calorie dish, Thrillist.com. Oh. Holy cow. I've had that one. That could feed a family of four one. for an entire day. Yeah, I've had one. Have you really? Yeah, oh, yeah. It's delightful. I don't think I ate the whole thing. I mean, I, I, I don't think I'd be alive. Um, you know, you, you, you feel your heart start cramping up. Like after a couple of bites, like, oh, let me just rub this one out, guys. Oh, gosh. I think it's some gravies uh, behind there. Tim said, massage your arteries. Tim said, here in Maryland, we love our flag and we put it on everything. I don't know that I could tell you what the Maryland flag is off the top of my head. It's a pretty complicated flag. It's, I, you know, having bordering their state, it is, there's a lot of colors going on. You want to see the worst example of this is look but at what. But do they put on, it on everything? Is Tim right? Like, yeah. Well, it looks like a Scottish knight, like, it has checkers and, and and royal symbols and black and yellow oh, and there red it is. and white. That's kind of like hurts your eyes a little bit. <laughs> it, I feel like I'm at the Scottish games, you yeah. know, when they do those Highlander games. Or like you're looking at something that someone sends you and they're like, you see the words, right? Like you see Jesus in the middle. Like it's like all those little dots. You're supposed <laughs> to see something and you're like, I don't see it. I don't see it. That's what the flag looks like to me. It, it, it's, I don't know if you guys remember when uh, Marilyn controversially released a, a football uniform that incorporated the the flag in a way that I mean basically you need to give like epilepsy warnings just looking at the uniform. Like, oh, oh well there's a lot happening here. I just sent you guys a, a link. It is um mm. oh that's yeah. it's aggressive. It's a it's yeah. an aggressive there's there's a lot of aggressive uses of the Maryland flag. I agree with this this that uh, uniform that you sent where they put it down the middle, it looks like a mom has a shirt made where her kids play at two different colleges and mm -hmm. she's got she's representing both of them. That's what it looks like to mm -hmm. me. Yeah. It does look like yeah. that. Okay, Maryland flag. Tim also went on to say they also love Royal Farms chicken, which is gas station chicken. 
I it, I don't know if I'm eating gas station. It's legit. Chicken. Okay. Jesse, have you had all the garbage <laughs> in the entire country? You, uh, uh, you all in the so Northeast. Real, you have experience with all of this. So real quick, if you travel, if you're in my area and you travel over the Chesapeake Bay Bridge Tunnel under the eastern shore of Virginia, there's nothing up there except for Royal uh, Royal Farms about every five miles. And if you're road tripping up up the coast, that's all there is to eat. And I will say this: you can smell the Royal Farms gas station about about three quarters of a mile out. You guys, got, you guys, you're gonna want some chicken at the next stop. I can smell it around the you know up the, the next exit. It is unbelievable gas station chicken. I mean, I rank it right there with Wawa when we're talking about gas station kitchen food. Is it fried chicken or wow. like grilled chicken? Like fried. what is it? Fried. It's fried. Okay. Big bucket. Yeah. Jason, turn on your mic for this one. Uh, Paul Caspers, he says he's born and raised in Alabama. So just like you. So I want you to vet this. He says white barbecue sauce. I have some in my refrigerator right now. I've never even heard of this. (gasps) It's it's literally called. What is it? It's. It's uh, it's called Alabama white sauce. It's um, it's got like a horseradish base. Um, I don't know what all's in it, but it's just it's un. It's like tartar sauce. Good. No, no, no. It's 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 like a, it's like a spicy barbecue type sauce. What do you put it on? Uh, everything. Uh, well, you put it on barbecue, obviously, but like it's really, really good on like uh, like pulled pork sandwiches, barbecue sandwiches. Like yeah, if you go to if you go to a barbecue joint in Alabama, it's a guarantee that you know you're gonna have you you have the option to put this on whatever you want to put it on. It's called Alabama white sauce. It's awesome. Paul Casper's also reps Cajun boiled peanuts from any gas station across the South. Oh, Cajun boiled peanuts. Never had them, but I know they're a big thing. They're unbelievable. Re- I, all boiled peanuts are that, that oh, you so buy yeah, on I, the side of the road. Are I can't get like, down with the texture of mushy peanuts. I tried them one time and it's like a bean. It's gross. It's like eating beans. You know, I, but it's not. I don't it's a peanut, pull over to so the side of the road <laughs> and have soggy beans <laughs> handed to me. The how dare you? <laughs> In peanut country, they take great offense to that. Uh, I only know because Suffolk, Virginia, is peanut country. Just watch yourself down there. <laughs> Adam Davis says he's born and raised in West Virginia and will forever love pepperoni rolls. Huh. And it's it looks like a round hot pocket with cheese and pepperoni inside of it. Like it's a it's a roll with stuffed. Looks pretty good. Um Bob said he's a transplanted Floridian. He said early bird. What is that? No idea. No clue. But he just made that up. Got it. Chrissy, this isn't so much regional, but uh um she said sonic ice, where you know. I know a lot of people who stand for Sonic Ice. Every once in a while, we'll have a little backyard shindig and I'll run out to the Sonic because you know you can just buy the ice there. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's a real crowd pleaser. Um, but, uh, you know, I will say that. Talking about the, the nugget ice. Yeah. It's the same as like Chick fil A's ice. It's the, the nugget but, ice. But it's, it's a little bit great ice. It, there's something about Sonic in particular that it's, it's about 10% like kind of crispier. And you know, f- frozen is frozen. I don't know how I don't they think do it. There's degrees of frozen. It's special. It's Sonic recipe. Well, I, I I love those little nugget ices so much that was, ten years ago there was a Kickstarter campaign for a nugget ice machine for your home, and I I got it, and so I have a nugget ice machine here that I that's all I eat is I, every drink I have is full of nugget ice. That sounds Great. amazing. Now you don't have to do it from Kickstarter. You can just buy them like as a kitchen appliance. Okay, my so. sister in law has one, and I always like going over to get the nugget ice. It really adds to the experience. It's 
hundred percent. I like, I literally like it was like, I hadn't filled it or something. It was out the other day and I had to get like fridge door ice. It was like, ugh. like I couldn't, <laughs> like I didn't enjoy my drink with that crushed cube. It's horrible. They know our own big time ice snob. Right now. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody has their thing. I'm an ice when snob, you go, man. When you go to a restaurant, are you like, please don't tell me you're bringing to bring me tray ice. If this is tray <laughs> ice. It's in the back. Yeah. Nugget ice only. Go out to Sonic. You can buy it. You can buy it directly from Sonic. Just send somebody out and uh, bring it back to the restaurant. All right. That'll do it for last week's feedback. There's a lot more where that came from. Just look at our replies uh, at Relevant Podcast. Okay. It's time for this week's editorial question of the week. Well, earlier in the show, we were playing. Well, we were just trying to be helpful. Summer's here. (laughs) Sun's out. Gun's out. You know, love is in the air. You know, everybody's hanging out, chilling in Maxton, spending all day at the pool, you know, all that kind of stuff. I was slipping into some fresh prints. I loved it. Um, so you got us thinking about dating, dating tips. So we want to know your best and worst first date. That's it. We want to know your best and worst first date idea or stories. So hit us up on Twitter at Relevant I, Podcast. You know, I, I'll say this. Looking back at the time, I was like, man, this is... This. <laughs> Any any girl that I took out on a date in high school, it was always the same location for the first date. And in my mind, I was giving them the best first date. But looking back, Olive Garden and in the Greenbrier <laughs> Mall parking lot probably was not the uh, swanky uh, destination that I had anticipated them enjoying. Jesse, um, give yourself some grace. For a high school kid, that's awesome. Yeah. In Dallas, people get engaged at the Olive Garden. It is that's like they have weddings there. They they do a whole yeah. Whole thing. I mean, not Dallas. Dallas, guys. that's like <laughs> Dallas is like that is fine dining. I mean, it's Dallas, I so. mean, it's it's one step below Carabas, which there is five <gasps> out of five. That's basically a Michelin. I did star. love Carabas. That that chicken carbonara. <laughs> I don't know if the one thing about Carabas. <laughs> You taste it for about three days. Like you, you, every once in a while, you'll get one of those. You'll get a weird Carabas burp like three days ago. Like, oh, there it is. No, that's the chicken Brian I had. Uh, yeah, I had uh, something about it. You, 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 for, for, for three to four days, you get those Carabas burps and you know exactly where Gross. you had dinner earlier that week. Do, do, to celebrate each like anniversary, I assume you still celebrate your dating anniversary with your wife. Do you guys, do you take her to Olive Garden? Just, is that like your tradition? We don't need, we don't need a tradition to go to Olive Garden in my family. <laughs> it doesn't need to be a special occasion. It just, like, someone looks at somebody in the family and goes, you might want to go to Olive Garden. You're like, actually, yeah, that sounds fantastic. Because this is I, real talk. I don't know when the last time you guys have been to Olive Garden. Whew. I, it's better it's been than a while since I've gone to Dallas. So I, I mean, I yeah, listen, I don't know. listen, if you're, if you're <laughs> cruising around, if you're out and about one evening or then you have to be evening, they do lunch there and they're quick at lunch too. Cause they know office workers need to get in and out and you order all, just get the salad and breadsticks. And you're like, it, it is one, it brings back a flood of memories because they haven't changed at all. Like they are. And you're like, why has Olive Garden not been a part of my life for, for a long time? Listen, I don't think I've been since college, Jesse. And in college, we would go. Emily, you're talking about your friend didn't have any money. And we would all split salad, breadsticks, Mm -hmm. and Alfredo sauce. And it was like all we could do. And my kids, a couple of uh, years ago, were like, what is this Olive Garden? We've never been to it. So I went pulled up after church thinking we'd just roll in. That place was packed. It had like an hour-long wait. Oh yeah, you got it. I mean, early bird special is the way to go. This summer, around. I'm going to take them to Olive Garden. I'm going to I'm going to plan a special a special day with me and the kids. Get there right when it opens. We're going to do Olive Garden this summer, and no one's going to regret There's it. Breadsticks. 
<laughs> Dude, I, I've I've Uber Eats in or, or DoorDash Olive Garden numerous nights when my family just feels I'm like you know they need to pick me up. We're we're DoorDashing <laughs> some Olive Garden. When you go to Olive Garden, how many breadsticks do you eat? I mean, I don't. Are you going to tell us how many calories are in them, Cameron? Mm-hmm. I was going to say, well, the, you, well uh, if you go to Olive Garden and you're counting your breadsticks, you're doing it wrong. You're at Olive Garden. <laughs> Just eat right. the bread until yeah. you don't want to eat the bread anymore. I think people would normally eat like what three, four. Yeah. Three, oh, easy. Uh, four. I go four. Four. I okay. go four. Before. So dinner. if you eat four, and then, and then you're, you're eating two out walking out the door. You're like, oh, I, <laughs> sure, yeah, I just yeah. did. The, I just did the tour of Italy, but uh, <laughs> I mean, these they keep bringing the breadsticks. They're they're basically. I mean, they're going to throw them away. Yeah. You better take them. They're in that little hot foil sleeve. I can just walk out of the restaurant with it. Tell us, we don't want to know. 100, 140 calories per. So if you eat okay. four or six, that's like a thousand calories. But anyway. Um, the, you know, the, the, the worst one is the cheddar biscuits at, at Red Lobster. Oh, do not ruin those for me. Uh, I love those so much. They're so good. Somebody ruined them for me and I'm going to ruin them for you. Hold on. It's not ruined. Okay. You just know better what you're getting into. Yeah. Honestly, I'll yeah. still eat it. Even if it's a thousand calories. Olive Garden breadstick is basically like a butter sponge. They just have like butter and they just <gasps> mop it up with those. And, just, here you and go. then that Alfredo sauce. Wow. Uh, actually, it's, it's not as bad as I thought. It's 150 calories. Oh, there's nothing. But it ha- yeah, it has 19 grams of carbs and seven grams of fat. But the problem is you don't eat one. You eat four. Yeah. And I listen. I've never it, counted calories in my life. You. I'm not going to start now. So I'm going to keep eating my cheddar nope. biscuits. Let's, let's just Red do Lobster. it. Okay. That'll do it for your feedback. So hit us up. Tell us your most memorable first date stories and we'll read our favorites on next week's show. Well, before we wrap things up, I want to thank Boy and Bear for joining us. Uh, make sure to check out their brand new self-titled album comes out today, actually. Uh, you don't want to miss it. Also, make sure to check out Relevant Plus. Go over to relevantmagazine.com. You can get all the info right there. It's the best way to experience our content. Not only do you get ad-free viewing, unlimited viewing there at the website, you get our enhanced digital magazine four times a year, ad-free and beautifully designed, I might add. You get an ad-free version of this podcast and an exclusive subscriber podcast and more coming this year. Plans start as low as $250 a month. Just go check it out. I think you'll like it, and we would love the support. Also, make sure to... Uh, if you like the show, tell people about it. Rate it, review it wherever you listen. Uh, it helps the algorithm, helps more people discover it, and we love seeing the feedback. And if you like the music you hear on the show, make sure to check out our Spotify playlist. We have one called Heard on the Relevant Podcast, and it's every song you hear in the breaks. We update it every week. We also have a worship playlist, an indie playlist, hip-hop. Go check them out. They're over on Spotify. Okay, on that note, we'll wrap it up. I'm Cameron Strang. I'm Jesse Carey. I'm Jamie Ivey. I'm Emily Brown. Midtown Emily Brown. And we will see you on Tuesday. Have a great weekend, everyone. Thanks for listening to The Relevant Podcast. Check out our features, interviews, and news updates every day at relevantmagazine.com. And make sure to follow Relevant on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram for the latest. For more great podcasts, browse the shows on the Relevant Podcast Network, which you can find at our site. And while you're there, don't miss the all-new era of Relevant Magazine. A new issue releases every other month at RelevantMagazine.com.
Sunday fun day, man. Road to Lime. Relevant Podcast Network. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.